Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 275. Jesus Christ, it's 275? Yeah, and actually I just kind of thought about that now. It's kind of one of those like milestones, maybe. I don't know if it's a true milestone or not, but... People still listen to this show? They still do. Holy we shit. Still, we still get complaints Wait, every week from did, the FCC. Awesome! Did we, did, did we ever reboot? We... we I think we did one time when, yeah, like, when Derek yeah, like and Lindsay. 200 or something around there. A little yeah. after that. Yeah, all new, all different, still the same. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just like everything in comics. Yep. That's sweet. But Derek and Matt are joining me this week while Linz is on a fabulous vacation adventure with We're Josh. We're speaking to you from the future. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. Oh my god, guys. <laughs> Remember that? Going Those are wild. the best. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we have... Uh, an excellent show. Um, having my two fun excellent. co-hosts is here. excellent. The right adjective. I think it's most excellent. Bogus. Okay. Bogus. 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 Like Ted. Yeah. But we had a journey. We did have a journey. We definitely did. And we talked primarily a lot about Netflix and all the underpinnings that are going on with that company right now. Yes. Also did a review of the Once a Future King and Human story, and they're going to cover Mister Miracle from DC. We also talked about how Aquaman filming in water is obviously a challenge. Yep. And we ultimately just had fun. Have, like I was saying, having these two guys on, their knowledge of comic books uh, complements mine. And once again, such an amazing, amazing show. Listen, people. So <laughs> grab a beer and enjoy Drunk on Comics podcast, episode 275, Podcast and Chill. caps like James. Put the fidget spinners down. Stop messing around. Uh, and for episode two of How Do Viewfinders Work, uh, Matt, do you know how viewfinders work? Yes. How do they work? Well, you view into them and you find stuff. See, because it eluded Josh a couple weeks ago <laughs> that we dedicated the first five minutes. And he's just like, I just don't understand how this works because the pictures are upside down. Or in, it was just like the longest going, like, you look into them and the stereographic one eye, type. Yeah, one yeah. eye looks at that. I do understand depth perception. So. Does, does he but, not understand how cameras work, like reflecting off of, like, a mirror? That's what he, he really just... Well, it's because when you look at the pictures, they are... Ups, every other one is upside down when you look, if you pull out the actual screen there. Mm -hmm. And what he doesn't realize is the thing double, like... it. It takes the right side pictures, and the other ones are upside down because when you get to the other side, they will then be right side up when you mm -hmm. go in a clockwise manner. It was really hard for him to understand until after the show, and we didn't. So, I, didn't I make fun of him somewhere? Probably at the wedding. Yeah, because I told him he had to go and interview people at Derek's wedding, Derek and Mel's wedding, to do the second episode of it, and he got too embarrassed to do it. But yeah, Derek and Mel's wedding was so awesome. It yeah, was. It was. Said yeah. everyone who was there. Which wasn't me. But I'm not bitter or anything. Well, you are Matt, though. And what? And it's been forever since you've been here. I know. No, man. I'm, I'm Jim. Oh. <laughs> Jim Matt. I, I'm Jim Matt. <laughs> and we have with us Linz, uh, as always. Uh, reincarnated Linz, yes. 
This is or is this your eleventh regeneration? I think it's like twelfth or thirteenth. So this is an upgrade. Give him a man. This is an upgrade. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> You're gonna get much really, further really in the break, world this way, Lynn. Really bringing that base. No glass ceiling for me. <laughs> She's gonna be pissed when she hears that. She's always the 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 female of reason when me and Josh we are very uh uh, white, understanding white males but we also will sometimes poke the bear let me mansplain this for you <laughs> could you mansplain mansplaining there's for this me thing because... called a penis <laughs> what it gets us ahead Ayo. i know it's terrible oh uh, that joke sucked anyways though welcome that if you jump on that one oh <laughs> welcome back to the show guys it hey has, it's, honestly, it's, it's been a while it has hey. ba- babies happen yeah pesky children uh, keep us they ruin keep your us life. awake at night um but they're really. also they're pretty cool they're pretty fun i like them they Exhausting, they, they do give me an excuse to watch a huge amount of cartoons especially superhero ones and i also get to be the proud parent that when my little daughter goes i want to see batman and she uses her deepest voice this little 3 year old princess uh it just makes me smile and it warms the cockles of I my I can't wait heart, to have so. excuses to watch like children's programming that mm-hmm. I normally want to anyways. Yep. <laughs> yep. And you'll be like, oh, hon, I'm just bonding with the children. Yeah. So. It, it just under six months, though. He pretty much just stares at things. <laughs> Wide-eyed and googly. So, you, you know, six months so you could be watching uh, TV7, you know? Yeah. Age seven. Okay. Well, I'm hoping that this is the start of maybe a few more appearances by you guys. I mean... I'm sure there will be appearances in the future. Can we bring our children? Oh, <laughs> I have actually thought of that and then really didn't. I put it right out of my head again. Milo in this room. The family episode. Milo would be amazing in this room. We should. We really should have a special uh, Milo. <laughs> oh, for sure. I could do that. He could, he could, he'll explain the backstory of Lord Garmadon for everyone, for our listeners. Uh, just in time for the Ninjago movie coming out here in a month. Oh, yeah. uh, he could uh, explain uh, why Batman is pink sometimes. Uh, that was a good story. I'll let him explain that one. Um, we but, should. We could have him do the, uh, a review of the movie. You could That's pretty true. much use him like in an axe cop fashion and just have him make up stuff. <laughs> We just need an animator who's listening yeah. to the podcast and, like, s- sketching it out. Oh, God, though. I feel bad for that animator. <laughs> They're going to be like, even this is a little crazy. So, yeah, maybe uh, maybe we can do that. Uh, we'll see. But, you know, no no future plans because we don't know that the world's going to last that long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well. But uh, let's get onto the show and get into Off the Shelf. Matt, you got a book? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like... Off the shelf. That's that segment where we talk about new comic books. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, it's been a while, and I did read something, and guess what? It wasn't Avengers. What? I know yeah, that was now, your staple. No, nobody, uh, nobody it? who's probably listening to this now remembers when every week was an Avengers book. Was uh, it Infamous Iron Man? Because that would really keep up your trend. Well, you know, you know, I haven't even read Avengers that much. It, Avengers have just become stale. Yeah. All of Marvel kind of makes yeah. me sad lately. Yeah. Well, the Once in Future Kings, eh, maybe it's stale, maybe it's not. We'll have to see because it is just a number one. But if you like the Inhumans, it is delving into the royal family's backstory. It's a five-part mini series. Mini series written by Christopher Priest and uh, artist, art by Phil Noto. Um, I got to say, gorgeous in this, like, innocent look to them 
They're wide-eyed. Um, these are characters that they look like they're probably in their late teens type deal. Um, and anyone who knows their inhuman history, which uh, should be a course taught in most schools, <laughs> yeah. um, especially... Uh, I really want to see that in your history curriculum. Well, with Hydra in charge, right? We need to know who the inhumans are so that we can get rid of the menace. Um there was a time right before Black Bolt was king where there was a uh, another king of the Inhumans known as the Unspoken. Um, that was something that uh, debuted in the Mighty Avengers. Um, so it's not like original canon stuff, but it, it became part of it. And the reason no one has heard of this guy, the Unspoken, is because the Inhumans wiped him from all their history because <laughs> he was a pretty awful king. Um, and it seems very much like, uh, as you read between the lines here in the subtext, uh, that when Black Bolt's parents died, this guy took over. Maybe he was the cause of their parents' death. But he's just trying to, you know, hold the throne until these future boys, future kings, Black Bolt and Maximus, come to age where they can take over. And so he's kind of, they're on horseback, and he's kind of acting like a teacher, showing them about good governance and stuff, the way, you know, kings are supposed to train each other. Well, uh, some of their alpha primit primitives which are basically like they're eight people, um, are being treated as slaves. And Black Bolt, looking around, he's like, uh, doesn't the moral theory apply here where uh, you, once you've enslaved somebody, you've taken away half of their uh, humanity? Um, and the kings say that? Yeah, actually, they do. I can find what? that for you. Uh, let me see. The moral theory. Does the king embrace the concept of natural rights according to which the policy is wrong to violate a person's being? Um, is this before he killed people by talking? Yeah, no, the, he's he's translating through his brother. Oh, because oh, he always okay. has he always has some guy who can like read his mind. <laughs> well, he so. does have limited mental capacity, yeah. just in that sense of he can get other people to speak for him. Yeah, very good uh, loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good loophole and gotta, inability to speak. I, yeah. I'm curious how they're going to do that in the upcoming Inhuman show, but it's going to be interesting to have an actor who basically can't speak. <laughs> Very well. Uh, side they, tangent. They developed a uh, sign language so that they didn't delve into the which I think they should have really just kept the mental because I th when we started reading a lot of Inhumans, it was awesome the dynamic of does Medusa is Medusa really reading his like she just or kinda, she's just making up whatever yeah. she wants and he just nods at her like yeah I'm good with it she like Eleanor Roosevelt's the situation <laughs> when he was uh. <laughs> And I thought that was an amazing part of the story because no one, and they never really explained it until yeah. later on, you started seeing this uh, mental room that they have their talks mm -hmm. in. And that was really cool because then he actually got to kind of talk on page. Yeah. Well, he does get a moment to talk in here as they're attacked by these alpha primitives that have advanced neurodistributor uh, powers. And their whole thing is they're trying to kill uh, this king, the unspoken guy, because he's a real douchebag. Um, and they almost get away with it, too, if it weren't for the pesky Black Bolt trying to do the right and thing. And his dog. Those meddling his dog kids. Too. Well, his dog comes into it later. <laughs> Still a puppy, by the way. So you got a, you got a glorified Scooby-Doo comic here. Yeah. Well, and this is, it's really, again, they're young, they're innocent, they're learning how to be good kings. You can see Maximus is totally buying into this whole, like, we're better than the Alpha Primitives. What are you doing, brother? And his brother's like, dude, I'm just awesome awesome to everybody so i'm gonna treat these people like they're human beings even though they're alpha primitives who were once human beings that have been enslaved by the slave engine and anyways uh so black bolt's cool maximus is cool they're a nice brother duo and it's nice to see them working together um they find out uh 
they kind of point out to uh, this uh, king about this uh, fiery redhead who, uh, you know, doesn't mind talking, you know, how she, you know, speaking plainly, if you will, a woman who's who's okay with expressing herself, uh, which brings Medusa to the attention of the unspoken, who basically is going to test her and say, well, I'm going to make you my queen then. And she's like, uh, I don't want to Does do she that. have same long, long hair? Yeah, she still has her long hair. She's, they've, they've already gone through teragenesis here, so they've already got their powers. Um, but... Uh, they keep calling her cousin, which in that royal, I'm like, aren't those two going to get married though? Like how many degrees of cousin is this? Cause it's starting to feel like the South. Did you, yeah. Did you know that, uh, uh, new Adelaide is in Virginia? Is it now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I've been there. It's quite nice. Not, not as it is for lovers. It is for, it is for lovers. Oh, you know, their you know, their state slogan. I do. You're such a nerd. First cousins and all. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so this book is diving into their history. Uh, clearly, Unspoken uh, has some shenanigans going on, and this uh, there's some alpha primitive that is able to actually think smart, apparently, and he's the one that gave them the neuroinhibitors and is trying to get them to rebel. And the first thing he said is, look, you saved the king's life, Black Bolt, but in the process, you've embarrassed him. So you know what he's going to do? find every excuse to turn this against you, say that he rescued you, and then somehow make it that you caused this insurrection, therefore to dispose of two rivals to the throne. And what happens? Basically, that starts happening. Um, and so this is going to really show uh, these young kids out on a wacky adventure, trying to survive, uh, and at the end they teleport away with Lockjaw. So, um, Gorgon, uh, Karnak, and Triton aren't in it yet, but... They are promised to be in future uh, issues, so we'll get the whole royal family together. How is Maximus? He, like I said, he's he's not trying to overthrow his brother, but you see that like he thinks differently than his brother. He thinks more along the "I should control people" and you know, "I'm in charge. I'm better than people." Where Black Bolt's much more like, "Dude, you're just a dude, and we're all dudes, so let's just dude out." So I just i i i very hope because whenever they do these. Uh, origin type stories they always this is where the writers in Marvel or DC or whoever's you know publisher gets to kind of retcon some things like mm -hmm. oh you didn't know this happened here we're showing it to you to erase everything else I hope it's not something that like some strife comes between Maximus and and um, Black Bolt because of this yeah well from my look of it is the guy keeps talking to both the, the unspoken keeps talking to both of them as future kings of the inhuman as if it's not determined who's going to be the king. So it's nice that it's not like a foregone conclusion. Black Bolt, you're totally the king. Maximus, you're the, the king's brother. So, you you know, if he dies, you get the throne. No, it's, he's talking to both of them that they're both going to be kings someday. And so that's kind of neat. That then gives Maximus the I should have been the rightful ruler and stuff so. well, they, well yeah um other things to note there is a short comic uh in here with uh lockjaw playing fetch with the thing uh that short story is written by ryan north and art by gustavo duarte and uh it's a funny little comic i mean i don't need to give it away but it's a nice little bonus lockjaw story and uh those can tend to be pretty funny so um yeah all in all i'd, I'd stick around for how the rest of the story goes, and it's a uh, five, 
it's a five-part miniseries, so you don't have a huge investment. Um, and uh, so see where it takes you next. Seems like Marvel's doing a lot more now, especially with the new generations and the legacy and and people still are kind of confused on what they're yeah, doing with I don't that. know what's going on there. Because it, I don't it, even know what that is. <laughs> Jean Grey came out this week, and I haven't got a chance to she read She came it. out? Yes, she came out. Okay. and she's Very fiery. Okay. Um, she's flaming, actually. Hmm. So one of the big things with that book is it's taking somehow, I believe, an older incarnation with the new Jean Grey that's here, because there isn't really an older incarnation because she's pretty much dead. Dead. And how that bridges gaps. I know at least with the Hulk, they have uh, totally awesome Hulk now who thought that being Bruce Banner was like the coolest, or not Bruce Banner, being the Hulk is the coolest thing ever. And because he has a little more control over it, but then now realizing that, no, you are cursed and you're going to lose control at times. And therefore, this isn't as great as can be. And that has actually Bruce Banner Hulk explain these things to him. Now, I think overall... Marvel might finally be passing the torch to some of these people that they've invested in the last couple of years and actually making them the true staples and honestly truly retiring some of these old ones. Now, obviously, with Jean Grey, the new Jean Grey, we have the whole uh, X-Men movies with the Phoenix saga coming up within the X-Men books that has been teased at a lot. So that's just kind of getting more people back into the same old, same old, but why is this a little bit different? With the Hulk one... What we know is for sure is it's passing that torch. And if that's how all these legacy ones are going with past incarnations to their new, not hosts, but new people taking up that mantle. Well, yeah, at some point, since their movie universe is so widely uh, acclaimed and making them shit tons of money, um, they kind of know that they're going to be either looking to reboot or they're going to be looking to passing the torch and start telling other stories. And since they have so many other stories, they got to start emphasizing like, hey, new characters, new stories, new people being these characters so that we can have a new Hulk story, but we won't have Mark Ruffalo, right? Maybe we'll recast Edward Norton. But I honestly feel... Or Eric Bana. For for what too, too I soon? originally did not like about this whole idea, I honestly say if they do this this one time and they can do it well... It is a good jumping on point for readers getting back into comic books that always knew Bruce Banner as Hulk. Mm-hmm. Who the hell is this, you know, Amadeus Cho guy? He's the Hulk now, and you kind of get the bridge of those gaps. And so, like, the Once and Future Kings seems to be a good starting point of inhuman history. We X-Men Grand Design is coming out uh, in the next months, and that is also a five-part um, series that is going to take all the X-Men lore, which really when you think about it, you can kind of jump into the Avengers, and if you know some of the characters, this is the new team now. Yeah. You can jump in here. X-Men has a huge history. The Mutant Massacre, mm-hmm. the uh, House of M, the 198. Asteroid M. Asteroid M. Like, everything in each one of those characters, there's a lot of history there. And a lot of people think Claremont is, like, really... And it's rightfully so made the best uh, stories of that era. But there's and a ton keeps more. Going back, but there's a ton more. Yeah. So this is going to be, and we've had in the past multiple Marvel like guides and books, but there weren't really a narrative. So this is going to take that as a narrative of all the stuff that's happened, how they do it, probably through the eyes of some new mutant or something. 
but it's one of like, kind of my like, new mutant power is being exposition like, exposition for uh, I'm a narrator. We'll just call the character narrator. <laughs> That's probably what they would do. They're just going to use Ulysses since yeah. they made him a god, pretty much. Pretty much so. Yeah. So it's it seems to me kind of like what Mr. Or not Mr. Miracle. That's what we're going to talk about next. What uh, the Once and Future Kings is well, like, which is It also timing-wise makes sense because you do have this new show coming out. And so if people want to know a little bit of backstory of who these characters are, maybe it can spark some interest. So. Well, they're also probably trying to play catch up because DC with Rebirth has kind of been, I feel like, bashing them lately on quality's sake. Yeah. Oh, they I, have. Rebirth yeah. has been surprisingly good despite my initial worries. Getting into arguments with middle schoolers about what's cooler, DC or Marvel, uh, I did have to concede that currently in the comic stories, uh, DC is is much more quality that way. But movies still. No, movies are terrible. <laughs> Very much so. So, uh, what I picked up is Mr. Miracle ah, number one. Speaking hey, DC book. Yeah. Uh, written by Jack Tom Kirby King. Train. Yeah. And uh, pencils, inks, and colors is Mitch uh, Gerards. Hey, speaking of Tom King, have you read Gerards. any of Batman since Rebirth? Since he's doing... Uh, I've recently got back into it with the whole... Um, well, I know he's not doing the, the metal. Metal! But with... Because of metal, I got into this metal! new arc. Doing the arc. War of Jokes and Riddles? Yes. Yeah. That is fucking yeah, sweet. it's really good. I Once it concludes, I talked a bit about it last week. It's... Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, they've actually done a really good job, but we digress. Yes, <laughs> but last week, uh, I did talk about the New Gods Annual, and I feel a little bit dumb now with something that I said then, which is, I, I, I rightly so said I don't know a lot about the new gods. I know a lot more of Marvel lore and mythology, but when it's a story following Orion and everything, and, and I'm talking about how Orion, which I never knew at the time, Orion was Darkseid's son, son of Darkseid. And Scott, Scott was, Scott Free was switched over there. I never knew when I was picking up this book, this is Scott Free, who I was talking about then in that book about being switched to then being like, Oh shit! I just learned something new picking this book up, and I actually learned everything new because I had no clue who Mister Miracle was. The only reason why I knew who he was is because he showed up in the metal prelude. Metal to to get into when Batman unlocked him. I go, who the fuck is this guy? He can you, pick locks. Cool. You you know what makes me laugh? You remember you know who else is the new god? One of your favorites, kicking back like 40, 50 episodes. The Black Racer. Oh yeah. Remember from the Dark Side of War when you were super excited about the Black Racer? <laughs> I remember uh, the only reason I know who Mr. Miracle was is from the Justice League series where they have to, they ask the Justice League for help and no one wants to help them because they think that a civil war on uh, Apocalypse is a good thing, but the Flash goes and helps them and there's this guy, he's he can escape from anything. And I'm like, that's cool. And it wasn't until just before we started recording here today that I realized the guy that I can escape from anything is named Scott Free. I mean, really, you got to go back to how on point they name these characters yeah. sometimes. Like, yeah. So with me though, not knowing Mister Miracle, I didn't know what his. I thought he is a some sort of demi demigod, which I guess he is, but sort of that has powers 
to do anything. He can create miracles. And I thought that that's like, he can just come in and out of space. Like, he can do whatever yeah, he wants. he really can do just about anything. He's got a super advanced intelligence. He's So he's got all the, uh, he's got all the qualities of the new gods with like strength and not aging and all that stuff. His suit has a ton of super advancements and he's got his own mother box that he doesn't even have to hold to control. So of course he can teleport anywhere. And as I'm learning about all these things that and gadgets that he has, I go, well, no shit, he's good at escaping from anything. It's like, it's like having a, an an ants watching a human being construct a house and being like, "Damn, those humans are really good at building houses and stuff." It's like it's ridiculous. Like, and then he's like, "I'm a showman. I I escape from things." It's like, I, I'm not even like impressed by that. <laughs> so one of the first things in this book is he's laying in in a pool. Of blood with his coming from his wrists and this is also pre knowing kind of what his thing is and it what it first couple of pages when i got into knowing he escapes he ex- and i then went right back to that first page and i kind of got a thought of wow this is even more dark and more sinister but on the one side too if it's true what they say in the middle when he's talking to the the show host, which we'll get to, wow, that's actually kind of smart if that's the one thing he's been trying to escape. And that thing is death. Death, death, death. So I I, I get into the second page where this is also one of the most profound things, which is... Well, you you should point out the fact that it opens up with... Oh, the second page is the splash. Never mind. Because we get uh, a close-up of his face, and it's got that old, gritty, old-timey comic, like, dots mm-hmm. type deal. Um, just really zoomed in on his face, and then they zoom out, and you see all the blood and a nice splash. Yeah, well, I meant I'm at the page, third so. page then. Yes. So I can't so. count. Is with them telling the story of when the teacher asked the class to draw stuff. And when, you know, it gets to the child, and he says, you know, someone drew a dinosaur... Someone drew, you know, a superhero. <laughs> Some, someone drew a kid of their picture of their dad pooping on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Called him Brain. Spelled <laughs> it wrong. Oh, memories are great. Yep. Or you get to this child who, you know, says that he drew God. And you, when you're reading this, you're kind of like, that's kind of profound. And then when the teacher says, you can't do that because you don't know who it is. And yeah, no one knew until now. And it's like. Damn, yeah, son. No, well, no one knows what God looks like. Well, they do now. That is actually, um, I don't know where the story originated and stuff, but in uh, education circles, that story goes around a lot. That it's it's a way of reminding teachers that, like, look, don't harbor, you know, harboring your kids' creativities and stuff because you think that something's impossible because from your adult perspective, it is let the kids play and stuff. So I've heard that story before. So when they started, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know where this story is going. But it gets really cool because it ties into uh, he him hearing the story again in the middle of the comic. And, and that's where this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. I thought also with, with the way the front cover is, he looks like a jolly, go-lucky superhero. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a a cape with that like likes to have fun and i'm all and trying to picture the person that i'm trying to think of um slap slapstick who was with deadpool is kind of what his face reminded me of a bit so i was feeling like he was going to be kind of a comic relief type 
character as well, like kind of jumping in and like doing zany things. Nope, this is straight up dark. Like I said, it is it is kind of about suicide, and with the panels that they have set up on this, it's it's in a, a nine uh, point grid on on every page, and it's beautifully done. Like the art, as you were saying, feels it started off kind of feeling old timey, old Kirby esque. And it still kind of has that that vibrant feel of old, but not too old. Um, perfect tone for what this book is. There are colors there, but you see certain colors that are more like the posters and everything of Mr. Miracle in the background. Very vibrant, yep. um, where the foreground and everything else is a little more shaded and everything. And getting to that TV host part, if we're going to just talk about kind of the layout of this I, I don't really know how they did the effect i mean they had to have done it post like in computer but where it looks like an old tv that like you put a magnet up against it so it's a little blurry when your vhs tape which the kids today know nothing about but all our older listeners you remember how it would sometimes get those wavy lines and you'd have to do tracking and stuff on it it was like watching the spice channel at night yes um <laughs> exactly but it's, it's it's this great effect as like it looks like they're watching this TV interview, and you're not really sure when this interview is taking place, but what it's it, clearly it, after the suicide attempt. But they don't they kind of dodge around the question, like they don't call it a suicide attempt, and he kind of laughs it off, like, "Oh well, I've gotten out of so many situations. I thought I could, uh, you know, escape death and stuff." And and, and even then they go, oh, but that doesn't really explain, you know, the question and. Mm-hmm. That's the part where, where does that interview happen with him being at home, um, and going back to let's talk about the panels. Because right before it, he's like sitting on the couch with his wife, Big Berta, and uh, Orion comes in and starts like punching him and stuff, like stand back up. And so he he just keeps standing back up, and so then it goes back to like him sitting on the couch. And then we got this TV part. So is this uh, him dreaming? Is this a... Uh... Yeah, and, and also with the, the panels, though. What's the repeating panel? like? It's just... It starts on... The first 9x9 nine nine panel is him in the hospital. And you're like, okay, I see how this uh, comic is. But 1, 2, 3, the fourth panel is an all-black screen with white letters that just says, Dark Side is period yeah and i thought okay that was random no when you see it but then you're like it's not i guess they they are putting that next page the- it's in panel eight of nine and then it's in panel six of nine mm-hmm. i wonder if there's like a secret phone number or something there <laughs> eight six seven, seven five, five three oh nine <laughs> well there's three there's no zero oh, okay. but <laughs> anyways uh but this reoccurring dark side is Period. It's not like ellipses dot dot dot. It's just dark side is period. That's a complete sentence. It is. You're, you know what? Your English teacher in high school would be very proud of you. Thanks, Mr. Cochran. Yes. So with that being said, I, I'm actually, now that we're, we're discussing this in full, I think I kind of almost feel where this story is going. And I actually don't want to share that on the air just because if it Because you could be true, wrong. <laughs> that too. I mean, I could always go and post it. You just go back and post it, yeah. Yeah. I thought that this was going to be... Here's my thought. It's not he's trying to escape death that's the problem. It's that he's trying to escape this insanity. 
that somehow he's got some kind of uh, mental disorder. Um, and that's, it's gnawing at him. It's what caused the suicide attempt. Um, but that is, and it's, because it keeps this dark side is, dark side is, keeps getting bigger and bigger. You get one panel that's got four of the nine, and then you have five of the nine, and then you get an entire black page that just says dark side is. And I'm getting the feeling like this is him trying to escape the anti-life equation because you forgot to mention amongst all of his power sets he's also like the living incarnation of this anti-life equation which is allows you to warp reality which is what dark side's been after forever so i, I it's got to tie into that because you don't give a character a power like that and then don't make that a central part of well, the story but you even have the the um the high father Mm-hmm. There at one of the pages where it almost seems like he's in heaven. Then, so like I said, there's different sceneries in this that jump around, and you almost feel like if they already had an interview with a person dressed up, like this is probably the span of like maybe two months or so. Um, especially getting into when when they talk about that story again. But obviously, he was able to go see his father. He's sad that he couldn't come, but talking, you know, Dark Side has something big planned going on. So you kind of see this. Well, they even toy that Dark Side has the anti-life equation. And so. so is he messing around? Is he currently being captured by Dark Side and like trying to escape Dark Side's tricks and stuff like that? That's what I was thinking, uh, but I, I. But you don't want to commit to that. Yeah. I committed to it. Derek, you committed. I have to read it first. Okay. Sure. Actually, I'm lying. What I okay? What I was truly thinking is, he actually is. Death. This is the afterlife. That's why things are going screwy. He hasn't escaped death yet. But he's going to? But he's at the end of it, he will come out of it. That's why things are not right. Why Why? Why the High Father is talking about how um, that you, like, stuff is being messed around with. Well, yeah. it's because this is some weird, you know, dimension of non-reality. Um but I think yours is probably a little bit more probably. Hey, I don't know. I but I'm intrigued because it's this character that I didn't know a whole lot about. I didn't seemed know like either. seemed like that goofy old DC character. It's like, haha, you're some chuckles, but I have no nostalgia with you, so why am I gonna pick you up as an adult? But uh I just think yeah. the, the impending dark side is though yeah. is really the cool. Yeah. I don't want to say the coolest, but one of the coolest things in this. Way better than, like, Justice League. You know that Darkseid's coming eventually in the movie, and you're just like, I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. But in this, I care. Darkseid is. Is what? Then I know it's a complete sentence, but give me another one. Well, let's go to, and the reason why I feel like maybe this is the afterlife and that he hasn't escaped yet is when the second time the same story comes up. Yeah, so it, he, the story, the his old manager, uh, Obron, uh, tells him, "Hey, man, uh, I got the story about this kid. He draws a picture of God, and the teacher, you know, he says now, now they do know what God looks like, and he's laughing at it. But then his wife's like, you know, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I was just practicing uh, with uh, Obron here. That's, and she goes, Oh, honey, he's been dead for, you know, two months. He's like, No, I was just talking to him, and." And he's, like, having this split flash between... And then they go back to him in his apartment, like, having this conversation in memory that his friend is dead, but he didn't know that he was dead, so... That's why I th- he sees dead people, so that's why I'm going with that whole he's dead currently right now, but escaping that reality. Right. I don't know. I can see that. 
Both theories are good. Yeah, like I said, yours is better, but that's that's fine. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> Whatever. So yeah, definitely picking up number two. Um, this is going to be a good uh, good series, and it's going to get me to learn a lot more probably about the new gods. So yeah, same as the old gods. So let's is that like a who reference yeah. there. <laughs> Maybe. So let's go to some other gods. The gods of the small screen. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. the people that own your content, if you don't own cable, Netflix. <laughs> Everyone has Netflix now. They have been growing in popularity, in subscriptions. They are worldwide. They have saturated the market. They've been so big that they don't even care if you're sharing your password with somebody else because they know when you break up with that person that you'll get your own account. Pretty much so. And they are so big that they are so big in debt right now. Just keep running it up. $20 billion. Now, what does this have to do with comics? We will tie that in, but everyone is really talking about this as well as other... I wouldn't say shenanigans, other behind-the-scene things that have been going on with Netflix. Now, first and foremost, you need to spend money to make money. True. And they have spent a lot of money acquiring rights to different things, doing their own shows. That's been awesome. Their like, stock price has been up like something ridiculous this year, too. They're yeah. up like 20%. Yeah, and so... Despite the debt, you know? Yeah, despite the debt. So clearly they're doing something right, or people think they're doing something right. Look, then, uh, my wife and I, we watch lots of kids' shows, and there are so many kids' shows that are like, oh, that was, it used to have its own original content, like on Disney or something, but now it's Netflix. They mm-hmm. they continued the series on Netflix. Uh, DreamWorks has a ton of really good shows. Uh, the Puss in Boots show, you know, a spinoff from the Shrek character, really good on Netflix. Uh, the How to Train Your Dragons series, really good on Netflix. We know that they have Voltron. Uh, which which, is, which has been awesome. We'll talk about, I'm sure. Oh, we can talk about that right now. It's so fucking good. I like they it. took a franchise that if you actually watch it, and or now, watch the original one, really, I mean, your memories make it better. It, it really makes you wonder if you were drunk or high when you were living, growing up in the 80s. It's story with it. You just remember the, the, the fighting giant monsters and those Making the blazing together. sword and slicing through things. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is about my memory. I tried to rewatch when Netflix first came out. No, actually, uh, Toonami. When the Cartoon Network started and they had Toonami in the afternoon, I was like, yeah, this is really cool. I can watch some more. And then I was like, yeah, this just isn't that good. Oh, look, another giant monster. And, oh, look, they cut it in half this week. <laughs> I wonder what's going to be next week. It's, like it's two giant monsters. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, they cut painful. it in a different section. Yeah, and it really does make me go like, yeah, our shows in, in the '80s were pretty crap. But this show has added so much to mythology, mm-hmm. and I know you haven't finished this season yet. I'm close, but you got to one of the parts that made me like happy with Glee, which was th- this one has a different iteration of who was piloting some of the lions, and they got it, rid of the character Sven. And they replaced him with a guy named Shiro, who was badass. Like he was a great leader. He was the bl- he wore a black suit and he piloted the black lion. The thing about Sven, we just need to watch a couple more episodes. And, yeah. And so, but with that, you in the original you had a red suited Keith 
piloting the Black Lion. For no reason other than, uh, like, I like to wear the color red, but the Black Lion seems like the leader one, and I'm your leader, so that's the one I'm going to pilot. And so you're always like, those color schemes don't match, which... At the, at the time, you didn't have the suits that had to match their color of their... It would have been fine if, like, Hunk and Pidge were in different colored suits, but Hunk has always been yellow with the yellow lion, and Pidge has always been green with the green lion. So it was always the right side of Voltron that was just not color-coordinated. Oh, I never really thought Tim, about that. Tim Gunn would be pissed. Very much so. So with that being said, this series was different than the original, and I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Kind of, but in the back of my head, I'm like... But Keith should be fucking piloting that black lion. <laughs> and they finally got into it. Spoilers for people that haven't seen that episode yet. And how they did it was so organic mm-hmm. and added to this mythology of this Voltron universe that I was just like, when I saw that, I go, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, you, you kind of see it. You kind of see it. You know it's coming. Like, you see it coming. But when it happens, you're still happy that it, you know. You're happy that you came, so. And, and yeah, so the second part of this season, even though they're just naming this season three, the other seven episodes, I think, it was a short. It was a short release. Yeah, but. short. Uh, it's coming out in October. I feel like they just kind of wanted to rush this out there so there's less of a gap, which I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. I want more content. You finally were able to watch Castlevania. Yes. And how long are we have to wait for that? God, those first four episodes were so good. Yeah, it was and actually very good. I am just... I say, except for Alucard's like thong straps hanging out above his hips. Yeah, that was a little all right, but you know he's gonna be shirtless underneath his coat, so whatever, man. So as we, that's as, how vampires go. They're making that pretty much off my Castlevania game. I played way too much as a child, Castlevania Three. So that's pretty awesome. Was it in the third one? It was what? the third one but that what? it's based off of. Yes, but was Alucard wasn't? He was in the third one. Was he? Yes, oh, it was for man. original Nintendo. Okay. I'm going to have to go back and revisit that. Because I always remember uh, 2 and then uh-huh. Symphony of the Night were the two yes. big ones that I played. So so with that being said, and we know we could keep naming all these awesome shows that Netflix has done, they still owe money. And and honestly, I feel that... Let me kill this fucking fly that's in here. I swear <laughs> to God. I'm sorry. It's fine. If we're ever like, zoning off into space for a second and we're quiet... It's because this fly is buzzing around. Trying and it's to kill landing. it, I'm making a lot of yeah, noise. And then we're gonna, if you hear a big thump, that's just a fly dying. And it was going on. Whole recording studio <laughs> up in flames yes. because of one fucking fly. So, anyways. It's like Breaking Bad. Exactly. Yeah. Netflix <laughs> is, is hurting for, for money right now, but will that come back with all the content besides the original shows and everything else? Easily, I'd say yes, except. Disney's fucking them. Exactly. And that is. Probably one of the scariest things of what's going to happen Netflix because they are creating a lot of good content. But if they can't stay in business because they owe so much, we're never going to get that content. Apparently, they're trying to negotiate with Disney, though. I saw this today to uh, maintain the um, the Marvel stuff, like the I, Marvel I, movies I, I, and, and actually, Star Wars, I think. Yep, and I, and I did see that, too. And I am hoping that that works out for them, but I... I, I just don't know if that's... You, you fuck with the mouse, though, they're going to get their way. I, I feel like I don't want to pay for another streaming service if Disney goes and does that, because I don't... I mean, yeah, I have a child, but I don't know if I want to spend the money to watch like Beauty and the Beast. Well, yeah, we, well we don't need it. We already have uh, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, uh-huh. CISO, um, Wonder Brothers, uh, we learned the other week, is starting their own, so they're going to pull probably all of their superhero shows from place to put directly on. 
we like I now. At what point gonna, is it oversaturated in the market with streaming? And, services? and you know what's going to happen is what's going on now is they're becoming like the cable companies again of pay us for our streaming stuff that our we have exclusive content until someone's going to come in eventually at some point and say hey you can get all those through me and maybe the new netflix I mean, maybe but... they call themselves blockbuster who knows the blockbuster <laughs> which would be kind of ironic hey, remember but... when blockbuster could have bought netflix for 50 million and decided not to yeah that was maybe go dipshits yeah biggest blunder in, <laughs> in history but the <sighs> I think that that's a possible route that this will go. The other possible route is that all these companies will keep trying to get more market share and more people will just password share. You know, like, oh, cool, I got Netflix, you're going to get the new Disney one and we'll just share our passwords Well, the together. biggest thing that, that besides pass or pirate piracy in this stuff. It's true, too. It has been, like, proven that when you have an easy, accessible way to... Uh, to pay for this stuff, people will. When you allow them to... When it's a reasonable price and uh, and quality, you know, easy service, then you'll do it. But when it's not there or you can't find it anywhere, people are going to go to the internet and get it for free. Mm -hmm. There goes any money you could have generated. And when you keep breaking all this stuff up, I don't want to pay for a Disney Channel even though... They got a lot of cool stuff, and I'm glad that all that stuff's going on Netflix. I finally saw Mona the other day. and Moana. Whatever. Douchebag, you're welcome. I watched Finding Dory the other day. It's a good one, too. Was. Moana's awesome. Oh, yeah, it is Moana. I don't know why I said Mona. But. Do you watch a lot of Elena of Avalor? That seems like really up your wheelhouse. <laughs> Shut up. He's more of a Sophia the First. Oh, okay. No, but, you know, look, if you have the cable, though, you can get Disney XD and you can get Disney Junior on your streaming devices as apps, which makes it easy and convenient to watch these things. Um, and so the cable companies are, are trying to get that. The cable companies are also doing what people have been asking for for a long time, which is basically doing a select-your-own-menu well, of what services do you want and screw the other 600 channels that you don't need, pay for the ones that you got. It almost feels like it's going to go back into those commercials of get the Disney subscription channel for just pennies a day. And how yeah. often I used to think, Mom, I have a couple pennies. You can have them, not realizing 99 cents is some pennies a day. Yeah. yeah. And 30 bucks later, you can have the Disney Channel. Most people now that are younger adults never knew that it was a pay channel because they've just have always been able to see Why? that sort yeah. of stuff. And now well, if we're going back to All the that, poverty we had to grow up in, Tony. <laughs> First not world o- problems. Not only that. Those, you- those free weekends of Disney Channel, uh, man. That was what was off. I would watch Under the Umbrella Tree. It's yep. like, shit, yeah. <laughs> What's this going to do to to Disney's marketing, though, such as when they say that, like, for DVD market, going mm-hmm. to the stores and buying this because we're taking it out of the vault, you know? It's been in the vault for, for so long, and we're taking it out when we'll be like, bitch, please, you just had it streaming. You could always have it streaming. Yeah. It's your service there. Why don't you have it streaming now? It's, it's probably going to hit back on some of those DVD sales, but the ones that they always bring out of the vault... Are ones that they don't stream very often. Like it's the, the vault is the bullshit, classic. anyways. It was, yeah, but it's, oh, it's magical vault. We just made another copy. It's basic economics that you cr- they create their demands. own scarcity. They're creating their own scarcity so that they can charge higher for those who demand. They're, they're the fucking De Beers of DVDs. Yep, is that what you're basically. 
They, that's not the only shady thing Disney has done. We could devote a lot more time to that, but I really don't want them censoring us because I'm pretty sure there's somebody with mouse ears on who is listening to us right now going, did they say anything that was trademark, trademarked or copyrighted? Did they mention Ricky Ralph? <laughs> now, one of the I really th- want that on streaming. <laughs> one of the oh, big God. things, though, is... For historical purposes only. Yeah, for historical only. purposes only. Yeah. Let's, let's pull this back to uh, comic book stuff, though. The Defenders and, and all those shows. Is Marvel then going to well, continue right. that deal with... It depends on, A, the contracts that have been signed. Well, so whatever contracts that have been signed... Are, well, Netflix gonna, still has all their... This, going to conclude the end of 2018. So okay. we have all next year... That With Daredevil thing. Season 3, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage yeah, 2. Yeah, they've right? already been filming and, everything. And anyways. Iron Fist... Never again. <laughs> the, the, the reboot. Yeah, reboot. That was real but, bad. Yeah, that's I not stopped after four it. episodes. I couldn't uh, do it. You don't have to finish it. Let me let me just finish it for you. Ready? White rich white people have problems too, and Danny Rand is a nice guy. That's pretty much what he gathered. He can the punch first. bullets in the air. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I, I'm pretty sure it's not going to mess up our current line of things. Might it mess up things in the future? Yes. Uh, but at the same time, too, it might be that Disney is going a different way with their streaming channel, more along the line of combining their Disney Junior and Disney XD shows and putting them all on one place so that non-cable subscribers can buy it, which will just piss off people like Comcast and stuff because, yet again, you can bypass owning cable to still get some of these shows. Just so. mean I can stream Gravity Falls? Maybe or the or the Wizards of Waverly Place. Oh, all right. So Plumbers. or or what's the one with uh, Zach and uh, Drake or Dra- uh, Drake and Josh or Drake and Josh? Yeah, there he goes. Like we can get those show or that's so Raven. Come on, man! Such good shows that we we potentially could watch. So it is possible that Disney's plan for this because there hasn't been a ton of details coming out Do you might think be might... way more benign to Netflix's bottom line. Um, it might pull some of their stuff. Um, Do you think they keep more family stuff on their streaming service and then more adult stuff on Netflix, possibly? Because I don't know if you want some kid like accidentally watching like The Punisher. Yeah, well, and you know, you you have to think about the fact that yeah, Daredevil season two with that Punisher is now a Disney. Yeah, <laughs> it's under Disney's property, uh, and so yeah, Disney's got to probably be concerned about stuff like that. So it's quite likely that you know with their branding and stuff they will make that disney channel much more their kid oriented stuff and i will say this about netflix and stuff i don't watch a ton of disney kid stuff on that channel it's mostly netflix originals that i've been doing so if they can keep that up i think netflix will still be able to uh now, hold out so now one of the things that has been talked about for a while as a netflix show which there's now new concept art is Judge Dredd. Oh, is it going to have Carl Urban in he it? He is still in talks. I love Carl Urban and uh, Judge Dredd. He was so great, and for that main purpose that he understood, keep the damn helmet on. He didn't have to be Sylvester Stallone and Armando Sante. You know, I know that was a movie <laughs> producer who, well, and Stallone probably wanted to, too, that took the helmet off, but it is so an important part of the character is to just, he is the uniform. And, the helmet and, 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 and Carl working. Urban, who I'm still happy I met in an elevator and told him, I enjoy your work. So it's uh, still was awesome in that role. Still doesn't have an official home, even though it's been told Netflix is going to be doing it. It's still two years away, but 
some of these these depictions of what uh, Mega, Mega City One Mega would look. Mega City it's, One. It, I think that they're going to do an amazing job on this show. I, more money I mean, that they needs to be spent to yeah. make more money. I just I don't care. If the, well, all these people go broke later. I just you know I think I think what's gonna what's gonna really matter for Netflix is how well do their thing are their projects paying off. Like Bright, Bright is coming uh, pretty soon, and you know if it is if it is critically acclaimed, then they're probably going to be able to keep throwing well, money fuck, at cool projects. Get critically and stuff. acclaimed everything. Did you watch Ozark some... at all? No, but I was told I need to. Yeah, it's really Which good. one? Ozark. It is Jason Bateman. It's pretty much like Breaking Badish. Okay. Thing with Jason Bateman. But... Or or the new uh, season of Arrested Development when that yep. comes out. I mean, they, they have they have plenty of stuff. That... Fuller House. Honestly, I thought the first couple of things were cheesy. It still brings me back, and, and I'm sad to admit it that, just... but I've I've known some <laughs> other grown men that have secretly said, shit, that was good. Well, it just might be that we have to they have to keep producing that good content, that as soon as they start producing crap is when, yes, they're going to get in trouble. But who knows, man? They could have really good third, fourth quarter this year and just pay off half that debt. Like you I said, know? their stock price didn't take a huge hit from that news. It dropped a little, like five percent, but they clearly people think that they still have something good going on. Otherwise, people would have reacted a lot more aggressively. Yeah, smarter people than us. Do we even talk about the movie sir, like getting DVDs from Netflix anymore? They, do they no, they, do they still that? do. They they still still do. Still, it's still an upgrade the, premium, but but, but I, people still. I mean, there are still people that watch because. They don't have everything streaming, but they have them still straight to because there yeah. isn't really any yeah. place to get movies now except for Netflix There's or, a family video or Red, red Boxes or whatever. Make it Red Box and get your porn yeah. at Family Video, which always was ironic to me. That's why it's called Family Video. You have families after you rent videos from them. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Um, something that I know you want to talk about. There's lots of things I want to talk we'll about. Pick one. And we'll talk ad nauseum about anything. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, well, we, I mean, we've been talking about television and cable. So, I mean, what is a good transition cable, there? Cable. 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 Josh Brolin's playing cable. And he looks sweet. Yeah, we already knew that he was playing cable. Yeah, I know that, but... But the picture was cool. Yeah. Eye scars and... It is... Uh, it's everything <laughs> I wanted it to be. Like... I still remember when I was a kid, one of the only copies of Wizard Magazine I ever got bought for me, type deal, had, at the time, who would we cast for an X-Men movie? I do remember that. And and Patrick Stewart was Xavier, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, who was uh, <coughs> David Bowie's wife? Um, what's her name? Damn it. No, I can't remember, but black... Uh, That's racist. She, She's African heritage. Uh, Iman, I think it is? Yeah. Yeah, okay, there we go. She was going to be Storm. And uh, Tia Carreri uh, for Psylocke. So back in the day. So there's all these actors from like the 90s and who would they play in the X-Men. But they wanted Clint Eastwood to play Cable. And of all their casting choices, I was like, nah, I can't do that one. Like, I like Clint Eastwood, that's fine, but Cable is big and burly, and a soldier, and he's just gotta look, like, badass, but not hugely muscular. And that's what I feel this Josh Brolin is. 
So that's my long way of saying I highly approve, and I would have approved since the 90s when I was like, to be a teenager. Cable and Thanos. How awesome <laughs> is that? Now, I think with, with the couple pictures that have been shown of him, I mean, it looks amazing. The arm looks... It's going to be CG, so just like... Uh, Winter Soldiers. You know, I will say this though: it's not as shiny as the Winter Soldiers, and I really liked well, how shiny. You don't, the, you don't have the posts though. That's true. Production. That is true, but I think they're going to go with a grittier feel to it. I feel like he's... it's going to be more robotic than techno organic for some reason. I feel they're going to kind of scrap that and just wa- work around it a little bit. Yeah, or because then, like, if you have him fighting that within them, it's a little too much. Like yeah. people that have read the books understand that's a huge part of his backstory. <laughs> Do they really need to make a movie where half of it is him battling that? Let's just say yeah. that it's a robotic arm. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. That's the one liberty they take with him. Mm-hmm. They have everything else down. Now, he is missing a few hundred pouches. I hope that... But he's, I, but he's still got like 50 of them. So, But I hope I hope there's I, hey, a line that Deadpool you, goes, do you need a pouch or something? Do you, or a shoulder pad. Do you recognize, though, in that picture that you have of him, right? All the pouches, very Liefeld, right? You don't see his feet. Oh, God. You don't see his feet. Just saying. Does Cable have feet? I don't know because I don't see him. But uh, I am missing the shoulder pads, though. Yeah, I really want the shoulder pads. Well, like I said. It would be great if he has that battle armor for, like, one suit or, like, a flashback or something. Again, though, I think it would be a little too. Flash forward because it would be in the future. It would be too ridiculous. But if they do have something like that in the future where it's just a sh- like, because have them through the whole movie with that yeah. would be che- too be cheesy. Awful. But if you do a joke about it at one point, mm-hmm. makes it perfect yep. for this universe that they've created with yeah. Deadpool. I really, really hope that, like I said, they do. But it's perfect so, the way it looks now. In- All right. So what are the odds that Deadpool gets a contract to go after Cable or that Cable is somehow trying to hunt Deadpool? Oh, I, I don't know, because there's, I mean, they're, they're exploits with each other, a variety of different things. Yeah, but it all started with Deadpool getting a contract to try to take Actually, out Cable. you know what, I bet you it's going to start off less of a, de- no, they're going to start off with Deadpool, but it's probably going to be him reminiscing, and then they're going to do a focus of Cable, because they're going to have to focus more on who Cable is to set him up a bit in the beginning of the movie. A little bit, but you can... So I think Cable's going to come back into our time, and he's going to fuck something up, and then Deadpool will get a contract. The one thing that will bug me is the fact that integral to Cable's coming back to the past was to stop Apocalypse. Or, you know, they don't even need to do that. that, It's a Marvel universe where there are X-Men already. He could already be a known character... And that could is actually, the Deadpool? Well, yeah, they do. They do. He's X-Men yeah, there's so X-Men, really, but... I, they don't even probably need to do an origin for him or it the first time meeting. Maybe he just always been there. <laughs> It'd be great if he comes back to stop Apocalypse, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Yeah, some kids in Magneto stopped him <laughs> in Egypt." Yeah, he's like, he's like fucking five six. I don't understand what. So happens. he tries to get back in his uh, his DeLorean, but the flux capacitor doesn't broke, and he's stuck here in the present. <laughs> That'd be perfect. Yes, I like it. I approve. Now, one one big thing of note that a lot of people are talking about, though, with these stills is a particular thing that he's got tied to his waist, which is a small teddy, teddy bear. bear. And who knows what that means, but it seems significant enough that they put it in the yep. pictures that they 
put out to the mm-hmm. internet to make people talking? Is it something that he stole from Deadpool? Is it something that has reminded him <laughs> of being a young kid when he got flung to the future and it was the one thing that Gene Gray and Scott gave him? Or is it the more likelihood that this somehow has to do with Hope oh, Summers? I, I think that it definitely will have to do with his own kid or kid, adopted kid type deal, like a Hope Summers type character. Uh, because every other thing just seems a little silly or pointless to put it on there. Or it might just be that, like, memento that he keeps and he talks about it and says, like, yeah, I don't talk about that type deal because it is, a, like, a painful memory to have him, but to, to humanize him a little bit more, that this guy does have things. It's way better than a pink unicorn, though, that Captain Boomerang likes to carry around, so uh, so I'll go for it. <laughs> you didn't see Suicide Squad? I did. <laughs> It was, it was bad. It was I think my favorite bad. part about that was the Dan Doherty live tweeting how bad the movie was. <laughs> Speaking of Dan, this weekend is yeah. his last, last Final strip. Beardo. So when this posts, it, his last strip will have been posted. Uh, he had a good 10-year run. Yeah. And holy shit, his last, uh, not this week, but the last couple weeks, he's had what he's called the longest comic, like, strip which was awesome story yeah it was really cool with all the people that were jamming within it and and who we got to highlight and everything it's sad to sometimes when things end um as he posted today on facebook to all of his friends and everything that you know it sucks that it's ending but he put his all in and we we know he's got other works you know that are coming out it's bittersweet like for the fans it sucks because you want more great content but for the creator, sometimes it's a relief so that you can finally give your other children, creative children, uh, that attention that they need. Uh, and, you know, for many fans, too, having that closure is something that they need. I finally got to finish Samurai Jack Season 5. Excellent. Happy with it. Uh, and got the closure that I that I wanted. So closure can be a good thing. Yeah. That would have been like a perfect way to close the episode, but, but we, we still, still got, we still we got, still got a lot more. A um, <laughs> couple quick uh, tidbits. Uh, director for Aquaman is saying it's hard to shoot in water. Duh, dipshit. Wa- yeah. Water Fire. world. Fire hot, water well, wet. Like Cameras uh, don't like water very much. Except Actually, for James Cameron. I mean, <laughs> James Cameron's fine. They should just get like uh, the BBC with all their wildlife documentaries. They should just film, film Aquaman in its, it. yeah, Planet Earth it in its natural <laughs> environment. Now, I will say this, though. Uh, the director, James Wan, I, I commend him for the reason why he's saying it's so complicated right now is because they are trying to do like as little CGI as possible. Which I with, appreciate. Yeah. But, but then he's saying when you're directing and when you're filming, the hair, the everything, is that in the right angle and shot? Continuity and, is tough. Yep. Um, Schwarzenegger is back. Mm-hmm. The, he, he said he would be. He it, keeps it, his promises. Yep. He's always back. <laughs> I would be back. Terminator 6 is going to be filmed. It's already uh, ran itself so far in the ground. Why not? I mean, they can only go rise from the ashes from here. The machines can only rise <laughs> yeah. from here again. I, I, I they already did that in Terminator Three, sort of, and that movie fucking sucks. But James, James Cameron is is on board to four? do this. <sighs> yeah. I feel that four. maybe he can pull we'll something see. out. But also, he's going to be on Conan. 
Conan, back at Conan. Conan, what is Conan best in O'Brien. life? To crush your enemies, to have them kneel before you, and get really high late night ratings. But you, you're yeah. happy to find out that after uh, they film this next Terminator, uh, the he's King Conan, yeah. yeah, and it's gonna be in, like an old man Conan story. He's gonna be like Conan the Governor. He's gonna be Conan. I think it's a King Conan story when he's finally the king of Aquilonia and he sits with a jeweled crown with a troubled brow. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> Does he have the sword of Damocles hanging <laughs> over his head? Nobody found an Atlantean sword. Um, no, it's just uh, yeah. I I've always liked Conan. Jason Momoa, all right, cool, good job. Like, I didn't mind, I didn't think his portrayal of Conan was particularly bad. And there was elements of that movie that was like, oh, this feels like Conan. And then it got all like, I like this person and stuff. It's like, Conan doesn't like people. He's a sociopath. He is he is the man's id of go out for adventure, get treasure, spend treasure on booze and hookers, and lose all treasure. Go out and find more treasure. And in the process, kill anybody who challenges me. That's Conan. Um, and so every time there's like a love story that doesn't make sense, because the love story in the first one actually does make sense, um, but because she's, she's just as much badass as he is. Didn't they make a Red Sonja movie? They did make a Red Sonja movie, but in Conan, or Conan, Arnold was in it, but he wasn't Conan. He was some other... Yeah, just Persian yeah. barbarian. Yeah. No. Which wasn't awful, but... It's as good as all the other movies, but I I have gone back and rewatched the first Conan, and yeah, the the effects are dumb, and some of the acting lines are are stiff and stale. But damn, James Earl Jones is not phoning it in, man. He is a great great bad guy, and that movie's story of an epic pulp fantasy and stuff was still great. So I know Hollywood will blow it for me, but I have high hopes for it. So, um. One last quick tidbit, uh, Silver and Black from Sony will be coming out next year on February 9th. Is that a Pokemon? <laughs> no, it's the Pokemon! Silver Sable and Black Cat Okay. Uh, movie that they're making in their Spider-verse. Spider-verse. But uh, did you know that 20 years ago, we got the great propaganda movie that is beyond the stars? In fact... It bugs me that it's been this long till it's got a sequel. Oh, man. Starship Troopers came out, and they have a sequel to the movie. They've had Wait, three, three sequels. sequels. <laughs> Already? A, but a true, a true one, sequel? Yeah, two through that movie. <laughs> is it going to be super cor- corny like the original movie was? It's going to be CG. Is Neil Patrick Harrison No, it? no. So it's, it's going to be, like I said, not a live action, but it's going to follow. Quick, Tony, what's the characters? best part of Starship Troopers? Being in the army, co-ed showers. Oh, yeah. Clearly, and getting your arm put in blue goo apparently whenever you break a bone, and they just miraculously hear you is a heal you is a weird blue thing. Goo. And Gary oh. Busey's weird son is in that movie. Uh, I did for I, yeah, they do have those other ones that they made, but they weren't. I never watched them because oh, they're not good. Yeah, oh, well, I've first, seen a couple. The first, first one, one is good, good because it's bad. <laughs> but no, but you're right. It's but the it's propaganda. Satire. The propaganda That's satire the, yes. of it is great. That is my favorite like part of it. Which I think went over a lot of people's heads with how ridiculous it was. Yep. Is that it was just a ridiculous <laughs> propaganda everywhere. Like, it was sign up to <laughs> yep. fight the bugs. Fight the bugs. <laughs> Even their teacher signed up to fight the bugs. Yep. So uh, yeah, one good times. one last news tidbit that came out that I want to talk about there's so much more but this one particular with you matt jonathan hickman has officially kind of said that yeah fantastic four was canceled because of fox 
Well, duh, we knew that. But it's always been just rumored. It's always been the, would they really cancel a comic book? Now, granted, sales were, have always had their ups and downs with Fantastic Four. But with Hickman helming that, it was going fucking phenomenal. And you could see the numbers were not as great at their highest peak, but they were still better than some other ones. Some other books that got canceled, but yeah. And it's just kind of sad that, Meh. I want some more Fantastic Four, but no, I feel what like I'm I want, not going to what get I it. want, and this is what I honestly think is going to uh, end up happening. So this is my prediction now. Uh, they're not going to make another Fantastic Four movie with Fox because it's been so bad. The well, movie, they already said they're making the Doom one with with Mads and, uh, and Mickelson, and, and, and I just I just get this like hope that somebody will sabotage this project so it'll never happen, and so then that the rights can go back to Marvel. And then Phase 4 will be a fantastic Phase 4. That would be great, but it's probably never, never going to happen. Yeah, I know, but this is my hope. Uh, this I, I am a creature of hope. All right, uh, well, that kind of does it with news. I could talk to you about this we ad nauseum. You do. But let's get to booze in a book. All right, so I guess this came out probably two weeks ago. I don't know. It was in my pile when I got back from Canada because I was out of town. Um, fishing, which was awesome, but I digress. Um, so this week for Booze in a Book was Elsewhere, issue number one from Image. Um, story by Jay Farber, art and cover by Ron Riley, and the artist is Sume Kizgin, I guess. It's a very weird name, and I don't know how to pronounce it. She's like Turkish, I believe. Um, really fun fantasy book where uh, basically anyone that's disappeared throughout history ends up in this fantasy world. Is basically the premise that they made. So okay. there's people like Amelia Earhart and D.B. Cooper that have just ended up in this other... J. Edgar Hoover? No, not J. Edgar uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa. Hoffa. Actually, Jimmy Hoffa. Actually, they talked about in the back of it, they talked about how Jimmy Hoffa will probably show up in this, <laughs> which I thought was great. But it's this crazy fantasy world where it's kind of like Avatar-ish, but um, there's like an evil king and they have to go, uh, I guess, try to save the world. But uh, like you do. I figured a fun fantasy thing like this would be good to be paired with a Delirium Tremens. I'm sure we've all had the lovely pink elephant beer before, and my phone froze. Um, it is from Brewery Huge in Belgium. Um, it's an eight and a half percent Belgian strong pale ale. Nice. Uh, it gets you real fucked up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, delicious. Has that real nice uh, estery Belgian flavor to it. If you've if you've ever had a Belgian beer, you know that funk that they I have. love that that wild like unpredictable yeast yes yes a little bit of, a little bit of funk a little bit of craziness thought this would pair nice with something uh elsewhere you know it's a real beer for the out there regions very good yeah now i'm thirsty yeah i know i kind of want a delirium i haven't had one in a long time i know i i haven't actually had one in a while either but it is good beer um anyone got any wise words of wisdom i, I, I can quote my favorite show recently well what's your favorite show recently rick and morty Oh. It makes me laugh so damn hard. Rick and Morty is good, and they do have some good... Uh, good. Quotes. I'm a pickle! <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, having not... <coughs> like I was telling you before recording, I'm kind of waiting to binge on that a bit, because I, I, I'll i be so upset that I have... So right now, I'm just kind of keeping it out there. But I've been seeing all the shit about this pickle now this week. The best part is it's the ultimate troll after everyone got so excited like, about that episode from the previews that they released, just seeing Morty just so, like, oh, you made yourself into a pickle to get out of this. Great. <laughs> to get out awesome. of the pickle. Yeah, he didn't want to go to family counseling, so he turned himself into a pickle. <laughs> is it basically a... Spoiler! Then, yeah, spoiler, but that's, like, the first 
minute of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very, it's great how it's just like the reverse troll to everyone that was super excited about Pickle Rick. But it's also <laughs> hilarious. It's just a, the most fucking ridiculous episode. So, uh, But my, my Rick Sanchez quote is from, I believe, the first season, pre-Cronenberg. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sometimes science is a lot more art than science. A lot of people don't get that. Do it in your best Rick voice. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes science is a lot more. I can't. I'm not Rick. <laughs> you can't have your I, voice be that. Nope. You're gonna hurt your voice, uh, Marty. <laughs> my voice is already fucked out from my cold right now, so no, I can't. All right. Well, guys, thanks for for joining me this week, and uh, listeners, stay thirsty for more Derek and Matt. Hopefully, sooner on the podcast hey, than later. You know, I'm just Tony. I'm just gonna keep traveling and. In the- into the future and eventually our paths will cross again. <laughs> <laughs>